0: Chapter 15, verses 1 to 6, which is on page 15. Genesis 15, beginning at verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me, since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness.
1: Thank you Hannah very much. Good evening everybody. I'm Michael Lawson I'm a member of the 630 congregation and I preach here occasionally. Now um, what are we going to do? Well I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to look at these verses in Genesis 15 verses 1 to 6 but before we do that let's pray together. <clears throat> Father we want to ask your help as we look at these game-changing words in Genesis. Uh, we know Lord that the scriptures uniquely teach us true knowledge of God And so we pray for your Holy Spirit to energise my speaking, our listening, and together to fire our hearts to believe your promises and live for you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, we don't do this um, every time, but I want to begin by reminding you how these verses uh, relate to Genesis as a whole, especially to the story uh, so far. So if, like me, you often watch your TV shows on Netflix or any other uh, media provider, you'll be well uh, aware of the idea of multiple series, series one, series two, series three, and so on. Uh, I believe The Simpsons hold the record. Uh, They've been going since something like uh, 1985. Uh, It's 29 series, uh, 639 programmes. You can try that on catch-up if you dare. But I, I mentioned the idea of series to help us position... Where we are in Genesis chapter 15. And the background is the very nature of Genesis and this is, this is no exaggeration at all. There is no drama in the world so powerful, so dramatic, so far reaching as the drama of Genesis. And we also ought to remind ourselves what Genesis is actually about. You probably know the word Genesis itself. Genesis means uh, beginnings. It's taken from the Hebrew Bible, the sentence of the opening of the book, in the beginning God created, in the beginning. That's Genesis. Now Genesis is not just about the beginning of the world in terms of creation, it's also about the beginning of the world in terms of the, the rescue of the world when all things go wrong. It all begins in Genesis. So let's think about Genesis as a kind of multiple series. Now, we don't have to uh, take this uh, picture on board, but if you'd like to just um, humour me for a moment, it can be quite useful uh, to think of the first book of the Bible not just as an epic drama, although it is an epic drama, but with each part having a serious focus. And if you think about it, this book has many big themes, really large themes, which make up its series. So uh, what i call Series 1, just for a moment, uh, that's the, the massive, inspiring account of creation. In series 2, inspiration turns to calamity. So as we go through it, uh, in Genesis chapter 3, we have the fall of man, that's the beginning of the calamity. Chapter 4, the first murder, where Cain kills Abel. By chapter 6, sin has spread so widely uh, that uh, the curtain looks as though it's going to come down altogether. The Lord says he's going to wipe mankind from the face of the earth. That's God's own words. This is all calamity. And then, of course, there is the flood, and finally, in chapter 11, the great open rebellion against God with the Tower of Babel. All that's in series two. Big theory, big, 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 big theme: calamity. Series two. Now, of course, um, there is a risk, and I I recognise this. There is a risk of uh, treating Genesis like a boxed set. Genesis is not a, a Netflix original. It isn't fiction. These are real events which no human hand could ever dream up or imagine. Now, that is especially true when we get to series three God's dealings with Abraham, later called Abraham. This is chapters 12 to 25, big chunk of scripture and a big story, God's big story. Now, the major theme, as we'll see more unfolding next week, is the covenant. The covenant. And that is the true game changer in these chapters, God's big story. I was wondering how we could feel just how, how big uh, this is and try to think of, of game-changers of more recent years. Um, perhaps you could think of a, of a game-changer in your own mind uh, that you can think of. Um, maybe I can just make one or two suggestions. Like the things that have changed the world. Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, the Russian Sputnik, which launched the space race in 1957. The invention of the remote control. There's a game-changer. Um, Facebook. Twitter the mobile phone. These are all game changers, aren't they? They've all changed the world as we know it. Now, I want us to try and keep this idea of game changing in our minds as we look at the six verse insight into God's big story, his ultimate, supreme, game-changing plan for the world. Well, in series three, when we get to it, we focus up close and personal on one man, Abraham, and God's promise for his descendants – This is the really big story in Genesis. And so with that grand sweep with Genesis so far, series one and two, I now have two questions that I want us to ask now we're in chapter 15 of series three. The questions are these. What can we learn about God the game changer? What can we learn about the great great game changing God? And what can we learn from Abraham and his response to him? That's what we're going to concentrate on. What can we learn about God, the game changer? And what can we learn about Abraham, or from Abraham, and his response to him? So, what can we learn about God, the game changer? Chapter 15, verse 1. If you've got the Bible open, you might want to look at it with me. The Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. After this, the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Uh, don't miss the detail, the after this, after this. The words after this mean after the rescue of Abraham's nephew Lot, remember that? Uh, and the royal visits also, uh, which followed on from that. Uh, I think, I don't know whether you agree, but I think probably Abraham's done pretty well. It's a pretty, uh, pretty good achievement, what he's done. And after this, after this, the word came to Abraham in a vision. Now, the expression, as you know, the word of the Lord, usually means scripture. It's it's associated with scripture, the word of the Lord. But notice that the word of the Lord comes as speech and sight, in this particular instance, as a vision. The word of the Lord comes in a vision. And in in a deep sense, this vision is what Abraham needs to see and hear and own in his whole being. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. It's what Abraham needs to to see. hear and own in his whole being. The word of the Lord came to Abraham. But notice that God doesn't start with his world-changing plans. God doesn't start with his world-changing plans. He starts with a person. He starts with a person. With Abraham, look what he says. "'Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward.'" Now, I don't know whether you, whether you've realised this as you've read through uh, the book of Genesis and read through this chapter. Um this is a, a first. This is a Bible first. Uh, it's not that God says, it's not that just that God says that He's a shield, but Abraham, I am your shield. I am your shield. What is the picture here? Did, well, I suppose it's the boys, but I shouldn't say just the boys. Did you ever play with shields when you were kids? Yeah? Yeah, I, 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 I did. Uh, I don't know whether Abraham had um, a little plastic grey shield. Maybe he did or not. He certainly had a grown-up one. And in battle, a shield in those days was your main defence. Uh, today it would be body armour or bulletproof vest. I don't know whether you have any of those about your person. Um, but the picture, nonetheless, is the same. Except from now on, Abraham will not need human shields. From now on, Abraham will not need human shields. For the great God, creator God steps up as Abraham's protector. And at the end of the line, he will be his very great reward. This is a first in the Bible. It's a first. God's everlasting personal protection. You savor those words. So let's pause and remember the question. What could we learn about God, the game changer, from these verses? Well, we have a big shift here. For before any unfolding of his far-reaching salvation plans, and the salvation plans are, are to the ends of the earth and for all eternity. God is dealing with Abraham like a father. This is the, the distinctiveness of it. He's dealing with Abraham like a father. That is the first. Of course, it's not doesn't mean before Abraham that God didn't care for Adam and Eve and for Cain and Abel, for Noah and the rest. He's, his love has always been there uh, beneath the surface. Uh, the clearest um, glimpse we have is in chapter 8 Um, with what we now call the covenant of mercy. Do you remember that in the the Noah story? Uh, That never again statement, that never again statement. Never again will I curse the ground because of a man, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. That is mercy and an important part of love. But because of the judgment theme, God's special love, his covenant love, the Hebrew word is hesed, his covenant love, it hasn't yet been spotlighted. This is the first time. The big change comes here with the covenant. And suddenly the spotlight blazes up close and personal. God as father. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Covenant love. Now, it's easy to pass over these words and actually kind of miss the revolution. For What we have here is the Bible's first ever personal pledge of love and devotion from God to one man. The covenant is made with Abraham. I'll explain in a moment how this is the first appearance of the gospel in Genesis. The first appearance of the gospel in Genesis. Um, Maybe I can explain it this way. Um, Anybody here remember the name of Karl Barth? Just nod if you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, Karl Barth was internationally acclaimed as one of the greatest theological intellectual minds of the last century. And apparently, sometime uh, during 1962 in Chicago, Carbart was giving a lecture. And afterwards, a reporter interviewed him and he said to uh, him, Dr. Bart, your writings fill many shelves and volumes. Time magazine known, named you as the world's greatest living theologian, one of the world's most accomplished academics. Dr. Bart, if you could summarize what you've said in all those books and papers, what would be your message to the world? And according to those who were there, the old gentleman, this massive intellectual, thought for a moment, took a couple of puffs on his pipe and reflected, and then said in his gentle Swiss accent, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. It's sweet, it's true, but it's equally a story which tells the truth about the game-changing God. Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. Now, there are all kinds of things which we can say about our God. But what stands out most of all in the Bible is his love and his care for Abraham, for Bart, for you and for me. Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your great reward. And in a way, that's how the gospel begins here, up close and personal, when for the first time God turns on the spotlight and shows his special covenant love and care for Abraham and his descendants. Now, why do we need to emphasise this? Why do we need to emphasise the covenant love of God? Well, because, I guess, um, some of us find the, the love of God hard to believe. We actually find it difficult. I mean, how can God deliver on his promises when the world is such a mess? It seems out of control. And also, I'm in such a mess... Sometimes I'm out of control. If we actually think that and if we fear that and anxious about it, we're we're in good company because Abraham similarly had uh, an issue with this. So we turn next to question two, what can we learn from Abraham himself and his response to the game-changing God? What can we learn from Abraham himself and his response to the game-changing God? well we left Abraham in chapter 14 as we saw on a relative high a lot had been rescued a couple of kings had paid their respects it was all good but the first thing God says to him is Abraham Abraham you're a worried man and he wasn't wrong was he Abraham was worried in fact the Hebrew for anxious means panicked really panicked and we see this in the jarringly out of tune response of verse 2 I mean think of it just just consider the the situation God has spoken Game changing, wonderful, powerful, loving, caring words. And earlier in chapter 12, amazing promises too. Remember? Uh, To your offspring, I will give this land. Abraham, your descendants will become a great nation. One day, Abraham, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Pretty impressive. To which Abraham replies to God, and it is a stunning reply. You've got to be joking. You've got to be joking. Really, verse 2. What can you possibly give me, Lord? I don't have kids. When I die, i have no descendants. They'll just box off my stuff and send it over to Eliezer, my servant. That's how they did it, by the way, in those days. Anxious Abraham. Now, remember, God is pretty good at communication. After all, he invented the art. Uh, he knows the picture is worth a thousand words. And that's what happens. That's what his response is. In verse 4, he promises Abraham a son. And then, in verse 5, he takes him outside. He says, take a look. Take a look, Abraham. The sky at night. Count the stars. Go on, count the stars, if you can. Well, they say in our galaxy, the stars number more than 100 billion. I've never counted them, so I can't say whether that's correct or not. But more than 100 billion. God would have known that. Abraham would not have known that. So come on, start counting Abraham. And when Abraham's brain is buzzing with overload, the Lord says to him, got it? They're numberless, aren't they? They are numberless. And so shall your offspring be. It is stunning. It's a picture worth considerably more than a thousand words. Abraham did get it. And here's the gospel in Genesis. Verse 6. Wait for it. Verse 6. Abraham, Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness the gospel in Genesis now the expression credited to him as righteousness is not of course everyday speech we don't we don't use that language ourselves but in the ancient world it was very common and if I was going to explain it there are lots of ways you could explain it but you could say it's a bit like having a spiritual bank account Uh, the idea was uh, if you worked hard enough and if you pleased God enough Eventually, you would earn enough credit to gain his approval, and you would be counted righteous. Well, that was a pretty tough path uh, to achieve all that. It didn't work, of course, and it still doesn't work. Uh, We might think, in terms of credits, Abraham had done pretty well, um, especially in his heroic rescue of Lot. For that, he'd even been blessed by Melchizedek, which was worth a night or two. Uh, But no, God, good though it is, for God, none of this counts. None of it counts. was not credited to him as righteousness and here we get sight of God's big story his game changer just believing God's promise is really what counts that's all God wanted just believe my promise that's all God wants which teaches us well it teaches us so much doesn't it her faith is not about um, my performance uh, in terms of living my life, although it's a response to God in gratitude. But it doesn't earn me anything. And faith is not about our huge effort to believe every Bible detail, even though we may find some things hard to believe. The Bible itself says that about Paul's letters, if you remember, as Peter says that. But some things will always be way beyond our understanding. I mean, if you think about it, how could Abraham, Abraham possibly work out how he would have an heir and descendants in excess of 100 billion stars. Of course he couldn't. But when God showed him the picture, that was worth more than a thousand words. He left the detail to God, and he believed his promise. So, time to summarise what we've learnt so far from Genesis series 3. God is the great game-changer. Such personal spotlight Spotlight is covenant love from God is beautifully brand new. It really is like Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is, this is what? This is the promise making God. And just a final thought about promises. When we make promises, well, sometimes those promises don't last five minutes. Is that true? Sometimes our promises don't last five minutes. The contrast is God's promises, they last forever. And it's worth remembering, that's why this is the gospel in Genesis. For the first time, God shows his love for a person, a single person, for Abraham, for you and for me. It's a series journey that eventually takes us, whatever the number is going to be, to the final series, which is Jesus, uh, his life and his death and his supreme love for us which accomplishes all the credit needed to get you and me freely into heaven without charge. And Therefore, along the way to heaven, all we need is not great intellect or great performance, though we can try hard, but simply to learn to believe the wonderful promises of our amazing promise-keeping God. Let's pray. Thoughts may have occurred to you while I've been speaking about this. Uh, Let's have a moment of silence uh, so we can all speak back to God, and then I'll lead us in a prayer. just remember what God said to Abraham and still says to us do not be anxious I am your shield your very great reward Lord you are the game changing God help us please each of us whatever our need tonight to remember your covenant your special love how much you love us and to trust in your very wonderful promises for life and for the future